Welcome to the Broski Doodles podcast, the best podcast in all the land. It's your boy Kiko Flo, Kiko Cervantes, and today we got that movie review with the crew. And I got a classic today, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, that crazy guy. Yeah, LSD, mushrooms. Do you have any? Please take it, because this is going to be important for this experience. The movie is 2001, A Space Odyssey. This movie came out in 1968. And... I've been trying to watch this movie for about a year because I wanted to review it. And I've had stages with this movie where I would start it, I saw 15 minutes of it, and then I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm not gonna watch this now. And then I let it go. Then another time I'm like, okay, let's just watch this shit, right? Cause I mean, it is pretty long. It's like two hours and 20 minutes, but, but there is an extended version that's 20 minutes longer. That's the one I had originally. So I was like, man, three hours. So the second time that I attempted to watch it, I made it maybe 45 minutes in. And then I'm like, nah, I can't continue to watch this. I'm sorry. And I, and I, and I put it off. And then <laughs> recently I was just like, all right, man, fuck it. Let's just let's just do it. I found it on some streamer, a streaming service. So I watched it with my girlfriend and I, I was able to put subtitles so that she could understand it and see it. And, and endure it with me so that it made it a bit easier for me to watch it. And I'm going to get to, you know, why that is with this movie. This movie is just very slow. I got to say boring. And doesn't have a clear story. Okay. And I, I say this while knowing that, you know, Stanley Kubrick was a genius in, in his own way, you know, with what he did. And, and there's a lot of movies that he's made that people love, like The Shining, um, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange, uh, Doctor Strange, right? I mean, he was like, when it comes to movies, you know, he he's there in the history books. The thing is, for me, I find this movie to have many cool concepts included, many cool techniques filming techniques included, but it's not all tied up together with a great story. And some people I've, I've heard, um, or I mean, even, even Kubrick, right? He's like, well, there shouldn't be like a, like, like an easy story to follow. Like everyone should interpret the movie, how they think it is, because it's, it's, it's supposed to be subjective. And this is the problem that I have with movies that are too abstract or just art in general, that it's too abstract, that I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I get that. I get that everybody sh should have their own interpretation, but I do feel there should be a base message. If you're an artist and I'm somebody that wants to enjoy your art, I want to enjoy your art because I'm seeking that connection. I'm seeking that person that can send me a message, a connection. And even though it doesn't have to be an exact message that you're sending me, it should have a lot of essence to it. It should be sort of a specific thing. And then I can sort of interpret certain things and go on little tangents, but the main subject has to be provided by the artist. I believe that. This is my opinion, right? This is also why I don't like abstract paintings. Uh, I recently started going to museums in, in, in Spain and they have amazing art. And I started actually like getting into it, which I always thought I, I, I wouldn't be able to. I'm like, man, I, this is just paintings. But then I also saw paintings that I was like, oh yeah, this is mm, maybe not art because this is just like some abstract shit 
for people to see. And then the artist could be like, well, it's whatever you interpret it to be. And to me, it's like, no, as an artist, you got to make that. You got to fucking transmit the message. It cannot. I think it's lazy for an artist not to transmit the message directly. And this doesn't mean that it has to be spoon fed, but it, do, it has to be provided. But I, I think I'm going a little hard on this because this movie brought this topic a lot to me, like this topic of that balance between making things that are cool looking, but also that have an essence, a story to it. You could relate this to, for example, movies that you see nowadays that have amazing like graphics, amazing um, effects, but then the story is lazy. So it, it doesn't all tie it together. And it's a little unfortunate that I say this because there's so many great concepts and things and techniques in this movie that I loved. Stanley Kubrick is, is has a photographer background, right? So as a filmmaker, you could tell this because like every take, every image, every, you know, scene is beautifully framed as if it was a picture, you know? And I, I believe that this uh, does add this artsy feeling uh, and also quality to the movie. So I'm going to talk about some of the good things that I saw. I mean, graphics-wise, this movie was released in 1968, so you got to assume that this movie was being made around 1966, 1967. And the graphics hold up today so well not only do they hold up well, but they have this grainy feeling to them that even makes it look even sicker. I do recommend watching this movie simply just to see the graphics and to see what this guy was able to do with filmmaking at that time, 53 years ago. It's insane um, what he was able to do. Aside from the story of the movie, which I'll get to, uh, shortly, there is some sort of sense that you can make out of the story. But even aside from that, even if you don't care for that, just the graphics is worth looking at it because when when he recreates space and what a spaceship would be like, it's so beautifully done. And I don't even know how they did it. And in a way, I kind of don't want to know. You know, you know that saying, it's better sometimes to not know how they make the sausage? Yeah. Just give me the sausage, give me the sauce, and I'll eat it. But don't tell me how you do it. You know what I mean? Go crazy. So Stanley Kubrick, some of the best graphics in, in held up in time. You look at Star Wars, which was made, I think, like 10 years later in 70-something, 70 78, maybe. I'm talking shit, but I don't know. It was in the 70s. Definitely after this movie. Star Wars was made much, um, much uh, later. You look at Star Wars today, they, they look... It, it looks, it doesn't date well. It doesn't date well. So, you know, you tell me. You might be a Star Wars fan. And you might be like, yeah, Kiko, but you don't even know. Man. She was fucking me. And the nostalgia. But, but really watch it and look at the effects. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying. Look at, look at this movie, 2001 Space Odyssey. It's insane what they did. And it's very funny because this movie takes place in the moon, part of it. And we had not been to the moon yet at that time. We went to the moon in 1969, if you all remember, you little history buffs. That's when Neil Armstrong put his fate on the moon. Before that, we were not in the moon. So he made this movie even before that. Now, it's safe to say we did have pictures of the moon. 
we had orbited around the moon. So we had some information, but this was very cutting edge um, visualizations of what of what we thought the moon could be, or at least what Stanley Kubrick thought the the moon could be. Okay, um, this movie definitely doesn't take you through a normal or um, a traditional movie road where you have a conflict that you know little by little gets solved. It's a climatic point, and then there's an ending, a conclusion, blah. And again, going back to it. You could say like, oh, but that's cool. He's like, he's getting outside the formula. He's doing something different. He's thinking outside the box. And I love that. And I support that. And I encourage that little brusky. But guess what? It also has to make sense. It also has to be good. And to me, part of it being good is 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 making sure that that it reaches people in a way people can receive it. If If it reaches people in a way that they cannot understand it, it's not the people's fault. You know those artists that sometimes might make a song, might make something, and people don't like it, and then they're like, it's just that they don't understand it. They don't understand it. I've gone through that myself because I I make music that, and in general, my content, I think, is different from the norm. But you also have to keep in mind that the shit has to be good for it to then be able to um, branch off and, and try different Things you know, you, yeah, you are able to make unconventional art, yeah, of course, of course, most definitely, but it has to be good. It cannot just be unconventional for the sake of being unconventional. I don't like when people make art that's like different for the sake of it being different. No, it has to be good first. Like with anything in life, the quality has to be the priority, and then after you can spark it up and put little you know, chocolate chips on it and, and change it up. That, 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 that is beautiful. When you have a great story and then you sparkle it up with effects, with uh, new innovations, with new ways of looking at things, and it's like, oh, my God, this is weird, bro. It's so fucking weird. You could do that. I love that. I love weird. I love weird. People say I'm weird. But it has to be good. It cannot just be weird. It has to be good. And this movie at times, <laughs> I'm thinking, this is just fucking weird, man. It's just fucking weird. And let me say, you know, it's Kiko Flo, Kiko Cervantes, you know, your homeboy from, you know, your neighborhood bros. Like, I'm open-minded. I'm not a boomer. I'm open-minded. But even I, even I, a person that has had psychonautrics experiences. I looked at this movie and I'm like, hey, bro, chill out, bro. Maybe reduce the LSD's dosage, you know? Maybe take a little chill pill. Maybe relax. Smoke a joint. Actually, fuck, maybe don't. Maybe don't do anything. Stay completely sober. Check into a mental institution if you're making these movies. Okay? <laughs> It, it, there's moments when I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? There's moments in the movie where I feel it is long for the sake of being long. Like a scene that you're seeing takes so long and you already know where the scene's going. You're like, okay. But it's so long. It's, it's just nothing happens. It's so long. And up to the last moment of this film when the guy is out of the ship going into like the fucking prism, whatever prism that shit was. They never explained what the fuck the prism was. He's going in the spaceship. It kind of looks like the interstellar thing where he's going in the black hole, starts seeing a bunch of fucking flashes. That's the part where I'm like, ah, fucking tripping balls here, bro. That's when you want to peek. 
That's when you want to peak. Take some vitamin C, put it in your eyes. That's when you want to peak. And then he's there. They start showing some weird ass shit. And I'm just like, okay, we're about to find out after two hours, right? I'm, I'm excited here. I'm like, I'm doubting Stanley Kubrick, the whole movie, talking to my ass shit. But right now I see my boys going through the black hole and we're about to find out what the fuck this prism is and what has been happening and give conclusion to the whole story and to all the characters that we saw that we barely heard because they don't have any fucking dialogue, but we saw them, right? So I'm like, okay, let's give conclusion. No, no conclusion. He goes into this fucking weird-ass dream where he's in a room with himself but in an older version and then he sees himself in very older versions and I guess because it's a black hole or maybe it's not, but if it's a black hole, all dimensions are together. So even the time as a dimension is together, meaning that it's not linear, so that yourself will be there in all of your versions in all of time. So you'll be there young, older, grandpa, all that. I mean, you could say that, but but where does that take us? Like all that weirdness, where does that take us? What does it say? And then it ends with like a big ass baby floating towards earth as if it was like a greater being. I later read interviews and saw people analyze the film and it's... It's supposed to apparently indicate at the end that men progress so much that they become themselves superhumans and then they sort of become gods. And they are gods to the younger versions of humans that, or other civilizations that don't have enough. Like, for example, what we think is God, I mean, I'm not religious, but what people might think is God could really be humans that are thousands and thousands of years ahead. And because they're so enlightened and great, they're sort of like gods. All right, I think I just broke my lamp. So, <laughs> I got too excited, bro. I got too excited. No, but, so the, the, the humans become so advanced, or not humans, just species in the universe become so advanced that they themselves look like God to, like, younger or, like, more in the past species, like us, for example. An ex like an analogy would be if an ant could understand us, right? Could understand that we exist and, they, and, and, they, and they're sentient, they can think. To them, we're like super gods, right? And we just have different species. Well, imagine that, but like with like another planet altogether. So that's sort of the explanations that I found on this. I, I, I actually did some research because I wanted to know, you know, where... Why is this movie like how it, why it is like that? You know, and MGM financed this movie, which is weird. You gotta give it to them for financing a movie that was not at all commercial. And at the time, I think it did very well commercially, just because visually, it was something that had not been done before. Imagine in 1968 watching this movie, your brain will explode because it was fucking very technological and visually was so good. Um. So you got to give it to MGM. They put the money to make to make this movie. It is a cult movie. People love this movie. This movie is like great. But there is a lot of criticism that's uh, sort of in line with what I'm saying here as well, which is I don't see a clear story. I don't see a clear con conclusion. And if you tell me, well, but this movie isn't supposed to be like a normal movie with a story and a conclusion, I say to you, well, a, a movie kind of has to be that because otherwise it's just a collage of images 
that are trippy. Now, if you tell me, don't get me wrong, if you tell me, Kiko, we have here a new batch of LSD that came from Netherlands, right? And we want you to try this with your boys and watch this movie, 2001, right? I would tell you, bro, my psychonautric days are over. Nevertheless, I get what you mean. I'll think it over. And sure, we'll put 2001, some LSD, some other guys are taking mushrooms, and we'll trip the fuck out. I get that. I get that. I encourage that. Now, is this a movie to watch and get a story and that at the end you're like, oh, this happened and this because of this, because of that? No. no. It's a movie for your brain to fry. Are you somebody that is into the brain frying activities? Do you like your brain to feel, right, like it's being chicharrón like a chicken? You know, like imagine when you grab, you know, the, the, the fat from a pork, right? You cut it, you salt it, and then you fry it in hot oil, right? You know that fritanga? The fritanga, if you want your brain to do that, you can watch 2001. If you want your family to have a nice night, and take a look at a story that we can all, oh, don't do that. Your family might go insane. Or they might never invite you back again. This is a movie you watch on your own. Or with your boys that are psychonautics. And then, now, are there themes in this movie that are, do make sense and that are cool? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. They sort of predicted how Zoom calls would be, how telephone FaceTiming would be, how technology could be something that is counterproductive to our society. That's something that they showed there. It tells you how human started from, you know, just being monkeys into evolution, and then we became homo sapiens, and, and we kept going. And, you know, that's all cool. But it also shows you that the fact that we're <laughs> beings that are competitive and hostile in a way, we kill each other to have the best thing so that you can, it, it's sort of ironic that part of what progresses humanity is fucking up other tribes so that we can get higher in, in, in the dominance of the world. And that has allowed us to reach to where we are because if it wasn't for the big colonies, you know, Spain, uh, uh, Britain, which sounds fucked up in history, but those colonies are the ones that were able to keep dominance of the world and thus innovate at a higher rate. Thankfully, we live in a world now where things work in a more democratic way, but it's not that different. It's just, it looks nicer, but it's, it's still the same, uh, same concept, okay? It's the same concept. But yeah, technology can fuck you up too, right? They talk about how like people will get to a point where they're able to look within too much because as life gets easier, you don't have to spend as much time surviving and trying to get the things that you need for you and your family to not die. And this is a, another interesting point that this movie uh, has, which I also took from an interview that Stanley Kubrick did, because this is not something that you clearly see from the movie if you just watch it on LSD. This is something that you kind of have to get it from the outside hours. He talks about how humans... I've gotten to a point where we have resources, we have a way of sustaining ourselves, kind of, you know, I mean, you do have poverty, but in a great sense, a lot of the world 
is able to sustain itself. And we've gotten to a good place as humans, right? In comparison to the rest of our human history. It's never been easier to live and to have a prosperous life. But because of that, now we have a lot of free time to think and to ask, why are we even here? Why, why does it matter? And Stanley Kubrick kind of says that in a way, it fucks us up to have that ability to think that because we're the fact that in the past we needed to only worry about surviving and not dying, that didn't leave us much room to think about these philosophical questions. And in a way, those philosophical questions, although cool and it makes us, you know, have good times thinking about it and seeing it, it is detrimental in a way because it takes you away from fucking progressing, thinking too much about the, you know, the sun, why am I here? Why is... But it, it is crazy because I'm a person that thinks a lot about our existence in the world, you know, and death, you know, and, and Kubrick explains that death is something that because we're all aware of it and we're one of the few animals, if not the only, that are aware that we will die, that shapes our whole life into a different thing for the good and the, and the bad, you know. I think that knowing that you're going to die and knowing that human condition is... It's something that could make you feel like, ah, fuck, nothing matters. I'm going to die anyways. Or it could make you feel, shit, I'm going to make the best out of everything. And I'm going to hurry the fuck up and, and succeed because, because I am going to die. So knowing that you're going to die, can you, you can use it as a negative push or as a positive push, you know, to make you feel like, no, fuck it, everything's special because eventually you will die. I asked a friend once that if you wanted to, if, if we could live indefinitely like immortals would he do it and he said nah it would get boring um maybe one day you're like okay let's do this but why do it today let's just do it tomorrow because we have infinite time and i'm the type of person that says no i want to live forever but it might be true that if you were to live forever if there was no end then there wouldn't be any context to use for urgency and that could make it so that things aren't special anymore so you know it's a cool concept to, to, to look at and I think that this movie has a lot of these concepts and a lot of these uh, topics that are very interesting and that, you know, go inside the human um, endeavor, the, the, the human uh, achievement, and also the human ability to, to, to look within and ask questions within itself. Why do I exist? Why does this work this way? What happens when we die? That's why religions are created, to sort of calm men into thinking too much about that, because otherwise you would go mad. You can go crazy. Now, I think at the end, the idea is to find a balance where you're able to understand this, uh, you could say sad reality, I think it's sad, reality of our human condition, that we will die, that we will eventually be terminated. But if you accept that in a beautiful way and embrace it, and instead of seeing it as a bad thing, see it as a thing that just is. But because that is, everything now that I do has so much more meaning. Today I woke up, I felt good. I, 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 I kissed somebody that I loved. I hugged my, my family member. I go outside, I breathe, I see the sun is hitting my face. You gotta um, enjoy that. You gotta fucking embrace it because eventually, it will be gone. So in a sick kind of way, the fact that we know we're going to die and the fact that we are finite 
gives meaning to everything that we do in this short span of time that we have uh, in this earth, you know? And another topic that they spoke about in this movie is the fact that as humans, we want to think that there's a God, that there's something greater out there that's sort of looking after us. But really, we're just alone in the universe. I mean, there could be other, uh, you know, intelligence, life. I mean, that's what this movie suggests. And, and I think it's very possible. But it's not like they're there to take care of us. Like we as a little species, we're like a little bacteria that grew in a little grass in the middle of the fucking desert in our little earth. Nobody gives a fuck about us. And one thing that Kubrick said in the interview is that what, what terrifies humans most about the outside universe is not that it could be hostile. It's not that it could attack us. No, what scares us the most is that it's indifferent. Meaning if the world explodes and our whole race just dies, nobody will give a fuck. Nobody will fucking bat an eye. And that's the scary part. But again, when you switch it and you use this to your advantage, you could say, no, no, no. The fact that we're alone in this bitch, <laughs> the fact that we humans, are, it's just us here, empowers you to be like, no, let's find our own way and fucking make it work. And I think it's amazing how we have evolved in, in thousands and, and in hundreds of years, you know, in the recent ones where we created the airplanes, we created spaceships, we created the internet, we connected the world. It's almost like insane that we were able to do that. That takes a specific type of being to be able to evolve in a way where you can create technological advances that are so fucking crazy. So even though humans are pieces of shit and most of, of, of the people that you see outside are pieces of shit, there's a lot of good people out there that create good things and that move society towards good. So if you ever feel alone in this world, we might fucking be completely alone. But guess what? That's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes us special, that we ourselves have to light the light. We have to turn on the when there's darkness and when there's darkness we are the light and only we can provide that light so you gotta fucking you know be the one that pushes yourself to succeed to do things to fucking you know be the best version of you and i mean i didn't want this to become like a fucking pep talk about how you can improve yourself but what i'm trying to say is that life for sometimes we think about it and we feel depressed and we feel like it's shit or this and that we also gotta fucking sit and smell the roses and just fucking like bro experiencing this thing live that nobody knows what the fuck really it is that's magic that's magical so live it suck it and fuck it i love you broski doodles peace <laughs>